Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. The following podcast is an exclusive presentation of Project Entertainment Network. The Prolific Writer Podcast, episode number 70. Jay Sigler stops by the show. But before we get to the show, some intro music. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips and advice on writing fast, writing often and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Ryan J. Pelton, your prolific writer podcast host. I am so glad that you are here, however you have found us, however you are listening to us on the train, on the bike, in the kitchen, doing the laundry. So glad that you're here. The podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, write well, and build a business with your words and not to mention a great life. So really glad that you're here. If it's your first time listening, welcome. Welcome, everyone. It's episode number 70. I can't believe it, number 70. And today we have Jay Sigler on the show. I'm excited to share our interview today because Jay Sigler is a first-time author and has a book out called Train Thoughts. Uh, it's a suspenseful horror thriller. And wanted to talk to Jay and, and I, I really love having new authors on that, that have a book out or two. Uh, even though we're the prolific writer podcast, it doesn't mean you have to have a hundred books out, but I, I always try to mix up the interviews, especially the, the interviews uh, that, that really bring inspiration because Jay shows what's possible. And uh, Jay has a great story of how he had this book idea, this novel idea, and just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, kept working on it for years and years and years and finally got uh, his his book out in the world. And it's doing really well. And so I, I, I want to be able to show and demonstrate that you can make a living with your words, you can build a business with your words. And Jay is, is doing that just that and doing well. And so I look forward to sharing this interview with you in just a moment. A couple of things, a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, one, I'm working on uh, book number two of the 
Ricky Rayburn Chronicles. I've been working on a middle grade series of children's books, and uh, it's my first foray into children's books, and it's been a, a lot of fun. And uh, the first book is out there. Uh, the Secrets of the Ambassadors is doing well, and uh, really glad and thankful for all those who have, have purchased it. And uh, book two will be coming out soon. I got it back from the editor and looking forward to getting that out into the world, um, hopefully by the beginning of next month, whenever you listen to this, hopefully by early September. And uh, so chipping away at that. And uh, and today, as always, uh, at least not always, but today, uh, our show is sponsored by Subculture Corsets and Clothing. It's a great clothing store. If you want unusual clothing, shoes, and accessories, they offer a wide selection of men's and women's clothing at great prices. Subculture also offers a cool selection of shoes and accessories, steampunk, gothic apparel, retro corsets, and so much more. If you head over to subculturecorsets.com today and put in the prolific writer at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase. And if you happen to be in the Jacksonville uh, I was going to say Jacksonville Jaguar area, and that's because football season is coming if you're listening in America, NFL. Not the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it is in Jacksonville. Just off I-95, they have a store in the mall there, and you can check out all the great stuff that they have. So subculturecorsets.com, I'll put that in the show notes. The prolific writer, get 10% off today, and thanks Subculture Corsets for supporting the show. Go check out all the great Project Entertainment Network shows hosted on this network, 25 different shows I think at this point, so a lot of good stuff going on there. And that's all I have for today on the intro, and I want to get to Jay Sigler, so here is Jay. Welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. This is Ryan, and today I'm joined by Jay Sigler. And Jay Sigler is a new author, uh, an author of a brand new book, uh, Train Thoughts, which is a suspenseful horror thriller, which sounds interesting. And uh, Jay and I happen to be part of the same writing group, and uh, he uh, reached out to me and said, hey, I got, a, I got a book that's doing pretty well, and I'm just starting out, and I'd love to come on your show. And so I said, hey, that sounds like a great idea. And uh, so, Jay, why don't you say hello to everybody? Hello. Well, one of the things I love about uh, having newer authors on is because a lot of uh, our audience and community are just starting out. Maybe they have one book or two or a couple and uh, really just getting rolling. And so I think it's really important uh, to have, uh, and again, this is no uh, slam on you, but to have newer authors just to learn from because I know some people are you know, 100 books into this and others are just starting and uh, you've had some success. So we're really glad that you're here. So Jay, why don't we uh, just kick it off and you tell us a little, just kind of, you know, what was uh, what was it like growing up, um, home life or your folks' life? Why are you writing now? How did this all happen? Um, okay, I'll try to spin through it real quick. So I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, Tinley Park, Orland Park area. Um, both of my parents were teachers, so my whole life I've been reading books and that's pretty much all I did uh, besides playing music. Uh, music and books in school and then um, you know I've always wanted to write I feel like everyone always wants to just always write and I never really just took it seriously I was just kind of in the back of my mind yeah one day I'm gonna write one day I'm gonna write and then fast forward to I don't know my second or third job out of college um, I had a long commute on a train uh, two hours each way uh, back and forth and I thought hey you know, I'm, I'm getting bored reading books, watching movies all the time. So now's the time. Maybe I'll just sit down and write. 
And I'd had this idea of the, the story of train thoughts in my head for quite some time. It was heavily influenced actually by that, that, that commute. So um, I wrote it. This must have been about five, six, seven years ago. Uh, and it was fun, right? I, I got the story out of my system. I wrote it. Um, never thought I'd do anything with it uh, ever. Um, it was just going to sit on a shelf. And then, you know, life happens. Um, and then recently, like the last year or so, you know, I've had a, had a bunch of friends um, who are also writers. They're like, you know, you should just go for it. You should publish it. Like, what's the worst can, that can happen? You know, nowadays, self-publishing is a thing. So it's really easy to do. So uh, I just did it. Well, that's great. So the the literal title is actually, you know, Train Thoughts. It's it's you on a train writing your book and uh, making a story out of it, which I, I think is funny because actually a lot of first-time writers and, and new writers, that's kind of their first book. It's usually very real. It's it's life situations, um, not you know, not verbatim, but um, but that tends to inspire us or maybe things we want that we're not getting and, and, and all that. So um, so talk a little bit just, you know, about kind of um, it even says in your bio that you've been influenced by Stephen King and um, and Brett Easton Ellis and, and other kind of horror writers. Um, you, you know, was that the kind of stuff that you were reading growing up, the stuff that influenced you? I mean, when you were thinking about writing, that were those the kind of stories that you kind of had, you know, banging around in your head? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess I would say I'm a Stephen King fanboy. I think I read and own every single thing he's ever done. So even from an early age, I was, you know, in my bed, lights out under the covers with a flashlight, just reading everything Stephen King or, or you know, whatever he wrote as Bachman. Just, and that's like been my whole childhood of reading. And it was only really once I started to get into my later teens and twenties that I actually started to, to branch out to other authors. But before then it was just, it was just Stephen King, Stephen King, Stephen King. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, definite huge influence on me. So what, you know, I, am a, I'm a big King fan and I always feel like I have to be an apologist when it comes to King, because I think, um, it's funny, it's funny we're talking about this because a few, probably an hour ago, my son was saying, dad, does, does Stephen King only write horror books? And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun because it's some of my favorite King books aren't his horror stuff. Um, you know, Green Mile and, and, uh, you know, The Stand and, uh, uh what's the other, um, the Shawshank Redemption, um, that's not technically Shawshank Redemption, but, um, you know, there's just something about, um, character and story and the way he tells a story that's just so en en engrossing. I think even when it's a horror, um, so when you, when you think about, you know, influences like King, when you think about writing train thoughts, I mean, are, are you, you know, trying to harness the King style. I don't think anyone can really write like him, but I mean, are, are you thinking, you know, we got to have great characters, you know, how do I do that? Is it character first? Do I, do I pants like a King, you know, and don't outline anything? I mean, were there any of those things going in your head of what you loved about his style or his writing that kind of influenced some of your book? Uh, the only thing that really kind of, I was consciously thinking about was his character development, right? So he, he does really well, like, I don't know, in my mind, real life characters, right? Like it's people that I can associate with that have everyday experiences. Like he really nails that. Like I know he's super famous, but it's not like he like he seems to really get, you know, the the Midwest American or whatever. And mm -hmm. so it's always just like um, I, I was consciously thinking that when I was talking about my characters, that they, they have to be believable and that, um, you know, they're just everyday people. And I think that was the one thing I really got from him that I knew about, there's probably other stuff that leaked through. I don't know. Right. Cause I, I think, you know, the, that's always the big debate, you know, especially when you're writing your first thing or your first couple things is, you know, plot versus character versus, 
but but really, I mean, I think what we all kind of are drawn to are those characters that we kind of emotionally connect with and, uh, you know, that we can relate to. Uh, I was reading recently this book. Um, it's like the bestseller code or something. And they did this kind of data research about why why are books bestsellers? And they kind of argue that we can't actually know why why books are bestsellers. It's not just the name of the author, but um, but it's actually the everyday stuff of the characters that really relates to people. So when you talk about marriage or you talk about death or you talk about you know stress or work or you know King is great at that, just the everyday man or woman working a job, but his details and all that, like it draws you in because you go, yeah, I, I do that too. Um, so, so when you were, um, you know, thinking about this book for actually quite a few years, I mean, did you have any th- thoughts or strategy of how to even start the thing? I mean, were you like, okay, I'm going to outline it out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I mean, I'm going to wor- write certain words a day. What was kind of, as you began to kind of vomit it on the, on the page, what did that look like? Uh, I think it was uh, exactly what you said, the vomit on a page. <laughs> um, I had literally no idea what I was doing. Like I said, it was just, I never intended to be published. It was just kind of a pass the time sort of thing. So let me just write some some fun stuff, some observations, and see see where it goes. And then it actually just started um, turning into a story, like a plot developed. Um, it got uh, pretty vivid. The, the, there's imageries in the book that's kind of gory at times, um, which I liked. Um, and then I just really just kind of sat there and just wrote like I never had a, a quota or anything I didn't even know that was like a thing authors do like now I've since learned that people try to hit certain words a day mm-hmm. I just kind of wrote when I felt like it and stopped when I didn't feel like it and went back and reread what I wrote and just kept doing that over and over so so with train thoughts did did you have any kind of um maybe not word count daily goals but did you think like this is just a short story or I'm actually going to try a novel I mean was there any of that kind of going around in your head um, I think I, I'm trying to remember, I believe it just kind of started out as just a story, right? I didn't have any expectations. I didn't have, I didn't even really know the difference between a short story or novella or a novel at the time. Um, so I just started writing and then it, as I wrote more and more and more, I think the, the total counts around between 40 and 50,000 now, but you know, it, it started to be Come significant, right? I would pull up the file, and there would be pages and pages, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Like, actually, I wrote all this. So, um, yeah, I think it's you know, it's on the lighter side of a novel, but I made it there, and mm-hmm. you know, that was never the intent. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a in our day, that's a great length too. I, I, I think for a lot of people, obviously, people are reading it, other than your mother and your grandmother, and. Uh, um, you know, I think with people, you know, like yourself on a train, you know, reading on your phone, reading on a Kindle, you know, that 40, 50,000, I mean, th- th- that's historically how novels were, you know, how their length and, you know, now we've just kind of bloated them to, to justify printing and things. But, um, you know, obviously a Stephen King novel, some of those are a thousand pages and whatnot. Um, yeah. I mean, he can pull that off, but, um, but, you know, it, I, I think, uh, you know, it's interesting with, with authors, I think they get hung up on, you know, certain, you know, goals or word count or, you know, well, if it's fantasy, it's got to be a hundred thousand words if it's this or that. Um, and, and there's some, I mean, validity to that, but I've, I've seen an exception to every rule. And so, you know, I've seen short fantasy, I've seen, you know, long fantasy, I've seen short thrillers and long thrillers. But, um, so when you were, you know, kind of vomiting out the draft, you're, you're looking at this thing. I mean, where was the, the moment where you, you felt, or the time where you felt like I, I have something here, I think this is decent. I mean, did you show it to anybody? Did you get some feedback? I mean, when, when were you kind of like, 
I think this is actually readable or this is a decent story. I mean, cause a lot of people, a lot of people chuck their first, you know, attempt and just say, you know, that was a good, got it out of my system, but let's write the story I really want to write. Um, you know, was there a time where you kind of felt like that? Like, Hey, this isn't, isn't bad. Yeah, I think it was probably the, uh, you know, third or fourth time that I went through it and I, you know, had my printed copies and I had a couple friends, um, you know, one that, that had self-published like some poems and stuff. And another friend that was an English teacher. And I was just like, you know, for fun, hey, give this a read. What do you think? And and all the feedback was surprisingly to me very positive. Like, hey, this is, you know, this is actually a decent story. Like, mm-hmm. who knew you could do this? And I was like, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take it. It's a backhanded compliment, but right. um, but thank you. And so at, at that point, they're like, yeah, you should, you know, they they were encouraging me, and they're like, you know, there there's something here. So, um. That's when I really started to it started to fall together, and I was just like, "All right, maybe I should do something with this." Why so, not? so what was what was um? I, I always love this, you know. If you if you don't mind being like really vulnerable, like tell us what were like the bad things uh, about the book, and and they're probably fixed now. But I mean, when you first were kind of showing it around or just looking, like, like did you have any habits or anything that you kind of did constantly? They just go, "Yeah, that wasn't wasn't very good." I'm glad someone pointed that out, or during the editing process, or. Um, cause I know I had lots of those, but yeah. Um, so the, the vulnerable part was I wrote a lot of it. Um, I've been, you know, imbibing quite a bit when I wrote it. So it was just like the, I think it was Hemingway, right? Like mm-hmm. right drunk, edit sober. Right. So I'd always edit sober and I'd be like, Whoa, like where, where did this come from? And, you know, there would be sentences that have been repeated and like just just very bad that I caught before I got them in front of anyone else um but you know by the time I got it in front of other people like the feedback was more around um stuff that I knew nothing about like plot structure and character arcs and those words were just like foreign to me and I was like like what are you talking about I'm just Mm -hmm. writing a story for fun um so that was um the biggest kind of learning moment where it's like, Oh wow, there's, there's a lot more that goes into this art than just (laughs) sitting down on a train or having a couple of drinks and writing. Like there's, you know, like people dedicate their lives to this. So like, who am I to like crap out this story? Um, so from there, I, I really, I got a couple books on writing that I started to read and I started to learn more about it. And that kind of, you know, um, aided lended itself well to what i was trying to do mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think it's uh you know it's interesting you got I me mean, the way you're saying this is is a lot of writers don't realize it sounds like you're a reader and you've always been a reader is we absorb so much story our whole life and we're storytellers i mean when you sit down and you have a drink with a friend i mean you just you tell a story right you don't give them a lecture you don't give them three points in a poem you know you you kind of um you know, it's just innate. And I think when people sit down to write a story, they don't realize like there's a lot in there already. Like just, you have to kind of just trust your subconscious and and know that just tell a story like you're, you know, telling someone, you know, making it up obviously, but, but it's there, you know, and then, and then when you edit it, you know, you come back and you kind of see those, you know, maybe repeated things or, you know, that's, that's just part of the, part of the game. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, I think, I think a lot of people listening need to hear that because it's, it's, if you're a reader and you've been around stories, like you can tell stories and it, it's not as hard as people make it out to be. And, and it's going to be your own voice and your own style and all that. And you kind of find that as you go, as you write more books. But, um, so what about the, the positive feedback? So you're obviously you've sold books and, you know, more than your, you know, mom and grandma and best friends and, and, you know, any feedback of just what they liked, liked about the story, what kind of jumped out at them? I mean, what, what kind of resonates with people? 
Um, I think, uh, so for what I've heard from people that I don't know necessarily, is that um, I really captured like the, the emotional side of the main character. So the stories and being told in, in the first person. And so like people really uh, have told me that like I, I really seem to capture like the, the pain and heartache that the main character is going through um, really well, which, you know, is, is nice to hear. Um, Cause I didn't, you know, it seemed very sincere, right? And I've heard it in multiple places as well. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. You know, a little writer tip, those listening right in first person, that's a, it's a great way to capture deep emotion. It's actually the best way. And uh, it's a good challenge. I mean, I think, um, you know, trying to write a scene where it's just that character and they can't go anywhere else. And they, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, a challenge at times, but, um, but I love books like that. I mean, I love some of my favorite stories are first person where you really get in the head of that character and really feel what they're feeling and experiencing, especially, I think, you know, it sounds like a kind of thriller horror type suspense story. You know, you really get kind of the, the scary parts come out, um, when you have that first person character. Yep. So did exactly. you um, did you make that a conscious decision? Like when you were kind of toying with, did you try other point of views, or was it you just felt like this? It has to be this this one character's point of view. Um, I felt it was um, the easiest for me, right, to to write it because a lot of it was like I would put myself in the, the shoes of the character and say, "How would I feel doing this?" And then it just came out where it was easier for me to pretend like I was writing this, mm-hmm. out, you know, myself. So I think that's. Um, it was the way I, that I was able to to really feel and be a part of that character. Mm-hmm. I didn't try any other um, point of views for that one. I mm-hmm. felt like this one was always going to be first person. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, um, so let's let's back up a little bit. So, did you say you started the story probably like seven years ago or five, six, seven years ago? Yeah, yeah. Kind of the ideas and things. So, yep. one of the questions I get a lot, and I'd love for you to answer it, just from your perspective, is you know what do I do with a story that, um, and it could be someone that's written a lot of stuff, but you know they they just have a story, it's kind of banging around, they're not sure what to do with it, but sometimes when it uh, you know, gets that far along or that, or that, that expansive, you kind of, it kind of becomes cold or you're not sure what to do with it. Or should I even keep going? What, what was kind of your strategy of, you know, this long period of time? I mean, was there a point where you, you kind of just said, I got to bang it out or how did you, how did you keep that story kind of fresh and alive uh, with, with such a long runway? Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't like once, once I wrote the end and showed it to a few people and they were like, yeah, this is good. It, it sat for probably a good two to three years. Right. Okay. I didn't think about it. It like, I wasn't actively working on it, but in my head, it was like, right. And so, like I said, life happens. Like I've had a lot of changes in my life and it, at one point I was just like, you know what, there's no reason why. Well, I shouldn't get off my butt and do this. And so that's when I really picked it off, picked it off the shelf, dusted it off, and um, went through it again. And it was like a brand new story to me. And I had learned so much since then. I felt like it came out better. I had a fresh perspective mm-hmm. on a few things, um, wrote it a little bit better or better as best as I could, and um, just, you know, kept pushing it forward. Because, you know, you always say you're going to do things um, – and then sometimes they just sit there. So mm-hmm. this was kind of like, just do it. You're not getting any younger. 
So were there any, any surprises? Um, and, and you might've hinted at this already, but surprises of like, Hey, there's some actual decent stuff here. I mean, when, when it sits that long, I'm at, that, I'm always amazed by that. Like, Oh, I, I wrote that. Like, you know, like, like that was, that was actually a decent line, you know, um, when it, you know, was there anything that you just said, you know, there's some really good pieces here that I can, I can use and, and go forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was like when I, picked it back up again to start seriously focusing on it again it it was like a brand new story and i was very surprised that i had written this and i was like wow there, you know there was a couple um paragraphs or chapters that I was like wow this is really deep or emotional or like what was i even thinking at the time to string these words together versus some other words so mm-hmm. uh, i guess you can say i surprised myself mm-hmm. um yeah years later yeah well, I think that's great. I think there's, you know, no right way or wrong way. Um, I know someone, uh, the Chris Fox, I don't know if you've heard of him. I've had him on the show. Um, he wrote a book uh, just about how to kind of reinvigor uh, old stories or, you know, what do you do if you've kind of had some stuff sitting around for a while? Because, um, you know, a lot of writers, that's where they're at. I mean, I get emailed weekly, you know, hey, I got this story I've been tinkering with for, you know, how do I get it done? And I would say, hey, get it done. I mean, and then see where it's at. You know, that's the first, first goal. I mean, until it's done, it really doesn't help you any. Um, so so let's talk about, um, you know, you got this story. You've been working on it for years. Um, you got serious with it. It, you know, it looked decent, got some good feedback. Now let's kind of walk through just the, the publishing process for you. So once you had that kind of what you felt like was a good good draft, you know, what was the next step? I mean, was it beta readers? Was it editors? Was it... Um, you know, how are you thinking about publishing? I mean, had you, had you even thought about those things? Um, what did that look like for you? Um, I, I actually didn't think about it. Like I always knew I wanted to publish. I had no idea how to. So I reached out to one of my friends, the, the same one that had self-published a couple of poetry books. And um, she was like, well, let me send this off to – she was working at some company. They were in the U.K., but they did more graphic novels. And so she sent it out. To them, and the guy came back, and he was like, "Wow, this this actually might make a decent graphic novel." So we want to have it edited, and then we'll start that process. And so they found this editor, and so I was like, "Oh, wow! Like they're they're paying for this? Like what the what's even going on?" Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went through the editing process that way. Otherwise, I would have had no idea how to hire an editor. Probably would have gone online and just found um, someone. But uh, my friend really like kind of handheld me through that process. Unfortunately, that fell through, but here I had an, an edited, completed book that was ready to go. So um, uh, she had decided when she published her poetry book, she was she went through Amazon Create Space, and we had this other common friend who had helped her through it. And I was like, all right, that sounds easy enough. So I reached out to him. He was one of my good friends um, from high school. And so he did, like, all the formatting, took it upon himself to, like um, – you know, pick out the fonts, like do all that stuff for me, the stuff that I had no clue about. And so I was really, really lucky to have like that group of close knit friends that were helping me help seeing me through this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause yeah, I was oblivious to all yeah. of it. Well, yeah. And I think that's a, you know, a testament to there, there are, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's overwhelming, but at the same time, it's not as hard as we, we think it is. And, and knowing some people that can help is, is, you know, can, can take some of that stress away. Um, so let, let's back up real quick. So when you got the, the book back edited, um, what, what, what did you think after you got, got it back? I mean, what were, what were some of the, the comments or things that, that 
you know, what did you, well, I should say this, sorry, I'm stuttering. Um, what, what did you learn from the editing process about, about writing? I mean, about yourself, about books, about anything. Um, I learned that I think my forte is in the storytelling and not the grammatical, Mm -hmm. um, execution. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, lots of typos, lots of just, you know, misplaced punctuation, lots of, I overused commas because uh, I felt like I was writing the way I talk and I would put in pauses mm-hmm. as commas and that was not right. Um, I learned a whole lot about tenses. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tended to jump back and forth between tenses, not even realizing it, right? So I would I would even reread it and be like, what, this sounds fine to me. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just, you know, explained to me, no, 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 you're talking in present tense, blah, 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 you can't, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, so... Um, which is great, right? The feedback's great. So, like, if you know, writing in the future, taking that all in mind, it's a learning process. So, mm-hmm. can only improve myself. But yeah, that that first couple passes through is pre- pretty rough in terms of grammar and um, punctuation. And so, tenses. how long did it take you from getting that edited manuscript to get it clean, you know, publish worthy? How how long, how many you know passes and looks and polishes and whatnot? I think we did a total of four, and it was over the course of, say, five or six months. Um, the editor still hung on after the whole deal fell through with the, the graphic novel thing. Um, That's nice. But she's she still hung on, and she I mean she was busy as well, so it was kind of more of a, a side passion project with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was definitely months of time. Mm-hmm. No, and I think what you're you're describing is is such a it's like a school, a writing school. When you have a good editor, is is you just learn about your own quirks and weaknesses, and then oh wow, I didn't know that's a thing, or you know oh that you've got to put a comma in between the quotations, not on the outside. You know, I mean, just those dumb things that you think you'd remember, but you from high school, but you don't. Um, and, yeah. and, and I'm I'm scared to end a sentence with a quote. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, and I also, what, what I love about fiction, especially I write some nonfiction too, but, um, but fiction, you really do have room to play. I mean, as much as, you know, we want, you know, English isn't supposed to be proper English. I mean, read a King novel, right? I mean, the, it's, it's very colloquial. It's, you know, you can end sentences poorly and, you know, with prepositions and whatnot. And, and I think that's what, what, what writers think is when they first write a book, it, they try to make it sound so perfect, but it doesn't sound like real people. It, it sounds kind of, you know, uh, too, too too polished, too square. And it's, it's not good, good, good reading. It's not a good reading experience. So there is some leeway, you know, if, if those of you are listening and, you know, it's like you can break some grammar rules. It's okay. Um, but you know, spelling and, and, you know, commas, sometimes we get comma happy, whatever it is. Um, now what about, um, covers? I, I love your cover. Yeah. You have a beautiful, um, looks almost like a hand-drawn cover. what do you do for, for thinking about that? Um, so same situation, like I had no idea on how to get, Covers, um, I've now since learned that there's a lot of really good resources mm-hmm. out there that will do book covers, solely dedicated to doing book covers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, so I cast a wide net. Um, I asked um, a few artists that I know, like, would you mind? Like, I, I had the idea in my head. I was like, do you, would you be able to draw this as a book cover and whatnot? And so, um, actually, the woman that I have a couple tattoos that does my tattoos, she said, yeah, I, I do stuff like this on the side. And, you know, I'd love to take a shot at it and draw this and draw it out for you. And so we came to an agreement on it, and um, um, she hand-drew it. I have it framed sitting up in my uh, on my wall right now. So it's a hand-drawn 
image and then you know the guy that was doing all the create space stuff he took it put the coloring into it um you know shaded it put all the title formatted and laid it all out and and there it is mm-hmm. so again yeah, it, lucked out by knowing people yeah you you have a lot of good i need better friends i think that's what it's come down to um yeah everyone's just doing everything for you and you're getting free editors and and well i beautiful covers i, I did and, i mean you know <laughs> I, I'm sure I got a discounted price, but yeah, I, you nothing's know, free. There I mean, was money exchanged yeah. for a lot of this. No, but I, I think you're. You know, what's interesting is the, people listening. Like self-publishing is a myth. That there's no such thing as true self-publishing. Self-publishing would be me just writing a book and just throwing it out in the world. I mean, it, it requires so many people. You know, you, I mean, you're, you've already seen it. You're running your own publishing company. I mean, you need a, you need a, a cover designer, you need a formatter, you need an editor, you need you know. Uh, beta readers you need all kinds of people to look at your stuff and you know and, and i think that's that's the the myth too is that it's easy and anyone can do it but it really having more eyes on it it just makes your work so much better too and 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 yet you have to think about those things but there's so many resources out there which is is great um and yeah check out train thoughts because it's the go look at the cover it's amazing um and beautiful it is a piece of art i'm glad you have it framed on the wall um so then okay so you you got it you know edited it's it's pretty you got the pretty cover you got it all formatted now were were you thinking at this point you know how do i market this thing am i just gonna you know sell it to grandma and aunt bertha and that's it's gonna be you know i'll I'll move on to the next thing or you know what were you thinking about that just how do i even get anyone to see this thing um so yeah my idea at the time um was I was going to publish it on CreateSpace as a paperback only. I, was, I didn't even know, like I knew ebooks existed. Um, but I was like, all right, I'm just going to have a paperback because I want this thing, mm-hmm. I want to be able to hold this thing I created in my hands. And my plan was I was just going to publish there and then everybody was going to find it and buy it. And then I was going to be world famous. <laughs> wait, 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 it doesn't um, work like that? that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Spoiler alert, uh, oh, that's shoot. not the way it works. Um, so it... it did it? You know, it was published. It was live on Amazon, so of course I'm sending the link to mom and grandma mm-hmm. and every, all my friends. And oh, this is great and it's fantastic. And then it was just kind of like, that's it. You know, so I was like, all right, well, let me let me try a couple people at work. Hey guys, I wrote a book. He was like, <laughs> oh, okay. First thing from like 88 people is when's the ebook coming out? When can I get mm-hmm. this on Kindle? And I'm like, really? <laughs> uh, so I go back to my friend. How do we get this uh, on Kindle? So we learned how to do that. Uh, we got it on Kindle, you know, so now we get it on Kindle. It's out there and people are like, Oh, this is great. This is great. And that was just the people I know. And then it just kind of stopped. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, like how, how do I get this in front of people that I don't know? Um, you know, cause I, you can only rely on your friends to share so many times before they just mm-hmm. start ignoring you or unfriending you or mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, and so then, you know, then I started looking into like all these different writing groups and ads and how to self-publish and oh my, like that is, that was probably the most difficult part and still is like, it's still the part that I'm struggling with just cause there's so much out there and so much to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but the upside is there's a huge support base out there for people that want to like learn this stuff and people are more than willing to share their mm-hmm. stories with you. So I'm forever grateful for like all of these groups out there that, mm-hmm. you know, you can just write something out there. Hey, I had a question about this and like eight people are responding. You're like, Oh, that happened to me. Here's what you should do. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. and that's kind of where, where I am now is like, how, how, how do I market this thing? Mm-hmm. And, um, 
write it in such a way that people want to buy it. And, you know, I've since learned that there's a difference between writing a story and copywriting an ad, right? Mm-hmm. It's two, almost two different right. mindsets. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm glad you're saying all this because people don't realize like the writing community is for the most part, I mean, there's, there's douchey people out there, but, um, very generous, very helpful. Um, you know, I, f- I feel, especially the indie community that, you know, I think we're all kind of in this together and, and, you know, people will do anything. I mean, I'm amazed like the time people have given me just, Hey, I have a question and you know, what do I do? And, you know, I, I've learned so much along the way too. And so many great Facebook groups and websites and people podcasts, you know, um, and, and just to, just to help, I mean, that's really why we started this, this podcast was to say, there's, there's so much to share and I wanted to get people on here to, to share their wealth and their knowledge. And, and they're so willing. I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. Like I've best selling authors that like email me back. I'm like, what? Like I'm a nobody. And, um, you know, they, they email me back and say, I'd love to come on the show and share what I know very, you know, whatever I know. And, um, and, and I think that's encouraging. You don't need to do this alone. You don't need to feel alone. I mean, there's, there's people everywhere. And, and I think what I'm finding too is, is a lot of authors and I'm learning too, is locally there, even in your own city, uh, you know, as long as you're not in the middle of nowhere, I mean, there's usually, even if you are in the middle of nowhere, there's, there's writers, there's groups, there's meetups, there's, you know, people getting together and talking about writing and publishing and all that. Um, so Jay, so let's talk about, so you got this first one out of your system. Um, you know, you're working on, you know, more books. I don't know if this is a, a series type book or you just got some more standalones in, in the works. I mean, what, what are you learning now? Like, Hey, I think I can do this. I like this. You know, I want to keep doing, you know, I want to keep publishing or where are you at with all of that? Um, I, I do want to continue writing and, you know, like I said, if the support's there and people are liking my stories in the way I write, I will, I will do this forever, you know? Um, because you know it's it's satisfying for me to get the the stories in my head out, but it's even a hundred times more satisfying for people to enjoy them. And so, if that's what's happening, then I will continue doing this. Uh, so I have you know tens of ideas. Um, I'm currently working on something else that's semi-related. I wouldn't say it's a series, um, but it's all it's in the same world, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing I probably got from Stephen King, right? Because mm-hmm. all his stuff is in the same, <laughs> right? Uh, you basically wrote one, on the same one book. Yeah. One book in Maine yeah, and so, everything's connected. Yeah. So I, I don't know if this next one will be a novel now that I know what the difference between short stories, novellas and mm-hmm. novels are. Um, this one might be a little bit shorter just, just to get it out there. Um, I don't, I don't, I like to write until the story's done and I feel like mm-hmm. where I am, it's going to end fairly soon. So it'll be shorter than novel length. Mm-hmm. Um, so hoping to get that out there, you know, from the things that I've learned, the, the more books that you write, the the more successful you are, right? Mm-hmm. You can't just write the one book, throw it out there and expect the world to turn and suddenly mm-hmm. that's all you need to do. So you right. got to constantly keep grinding that axe and, and, and going after it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I enjoy it. If people enjoy it, I have the ideas. I want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Yeah, I mean, that's what this podcast is about, prolific writer. I mean, it's about you don't have to do 100 books a year, but you know, consistent writing, consistent work is, is what you have to do. And, um, and, and I think, you know, if you enjoy it and, you know, people like your stories, you know, you'll, it'll keep you going and, you know, some will be better than others, but that's the the journey and the fun of it. Um, so question I always love to ask our guests and is, so you're, you're on a, uh, a magic, magical train and you find yourself, uh, with a live microphone to the writing universe. And you want to share some of your tips or tricks, your your wisdom, your truth about writing. What would you tell new authors, aspiring authors, uh, 
want to be authors, you know, what, what are the things that you would say you, you have to do this? This is, this is what you got to do to, to kind of do this writing thing. Um, I would say that you have to, well, this cliche, but you should write what you know. You should write something that you feel very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me, passionate about that really takes an interest. Like you can't really half-ass this. You've got to dig deep. You got to give it your all and just do it. For new writers, I'd say, listen, I I wrote a book. If I can do it, like honestly, anyone can do it. If you have a story inside of you, just get it on paper. Who cares if the order's reversed? If the words are wrong, just start writing keep writing and then you have all these other people that can help you make it and polish it up. So just, just do it. Like, don't let it sit. Don't, you know, be like me and sit for five years and be like, yeah, one day I'm going to do this. Just, just do it. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. I, I've, I've heard that recently. Uh, a couple guests, same thing. It's like, don't, don't do what I did. Don't wait forever. You can do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. And, um, and you know, write what you, what you really are excited about. Cause I think that keeps you going. I mean, obviously this story was very close to your heart and mind and, and you want, you wanted to tell it and it, it finally came out. And so, um, Hey, it's so great, uh, Jay, to, to have you on the show. And, um, I know you really helped a lot of people today and thank you for sharing what you know and, and the journey. And we look forward to hearing more success. Uh, go get train thoughts by Jay Sigler. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, before we go, um, what's the best way people can contact you, uh, find your work, um, yeah, from going forward, if they want to, you know, get your updates and all your latest stuff. Yeah, right now it's on Facebook. I have a group train thoughts book. Um, you can look for it. I also recently started an author page, which is, um, expands on train thoughts. It's more about me and an, as an author and the things that I'm interested in. So if you like the book, go to train thoughts book. If you like the author page, you can link, get to that group from, from that page. I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, um, just look for train thoughts. Great. Well, thanks Jay for coming on the show and, uh, all the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it. Prolific writer nation, Jay Sigler. So glad to have Jay on the show. Go check out his book, train thoughts. It's doing great. It's got some great reviews and, uh, and, and Jay's just a, a tenacious guy and, uh, and I love his story. And maybe you're like Jay, uh, you, you have that book, you have that story, you've been chipping away for maybe years and finally said it's time to, to get serious and time to, to get that book out into the world and share that story with the world. And, and really, this is why we do the Prolific Writer podcast is to help you wherever you are in your writing journey to get those words out on the page and get them out in the world and to, to impact people's lives. Uh, we know we have, you have a message to share and stories to share. And Jay is a great example of that. So be encouraged by his story. And maybe that's your story. And and I'm excited about the future of the Prolific Writer podcast and the website. We're creating some more good resources. We're going to be hopefully getting some more um, videos up. And uh, so be looking for those. We've got some new stuff, some new content coming down the road. Going to be um, just hopefully serving the writing community wherever you are so that you can write fast, often, and well and build a business with your words. And, uh, and that's our hope for you. Uh, go check out subculturecorsets.com, the prolific writer at checkout. You'll get 10% off your next purchase. Uh, thanks for their sponsorship. And before I go, I just have one thing to say. Go get those words on the page. No, seriously, you need, you need to go get the words on the page. Okay, you're still sitting here. 
while you're listening to my voice, you need to go go get your butt in the chair and, and work on your book, work on your article. Get that. Okay, Jay, he just he spent years. Don't be like Jay. Jay told you don't be like Jay. Jay didn't finish his book. He just kept working on it way too long. That that's not gonna be you. Okay, go get the words on the page. Ryan J. Pelton, I'll talk to you real real soon. Wait, are you still here? Go get the words on the page. Okay, one more thing. Just before you go, if you get a chance, subscribe to the podcast. Don't miss an episode. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to the show. And also leave a rating or review on, on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, wherever you listen to the show. It really helps us get the show out into the world. Okay, I'm done now. Okay, I'm serious. I'm out. I'm out. Okay, bye-bye. Join us each Wednesday on the Mondo Method Podcast, brought to you by Project Entertainment Network. The Mondo Method Podcast features authors Armand Rosamilia and Chuck Buda as they discuss the writing process from both the veteran and the novice perspectives. Each episode ends with a segment called Marketing Morsels, where expert publicist Aaron Sweet Almahari teaches everyone how to promote their work and sell more books. Check us out on the Mondo Method Podcast on Project Entertainment Network. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Project Entertainment Network. 